Moncrief on News Talk. This weekend, several surviving items from the Titanic were snapped up at auction for eye-watering prices. A dinner menu from the ship offering oysters, beef, spring lamb and mallard duck fetched £83,000, while a pocket watch owned by one of the passengers carried a price tag of 97000 More impressive, though, than the sale prices are the stories behind the items, each one boasting a war story of their own. Joining me now to get an insight into some of the items is Andrew Aldridge, Managing Director of Henry Aldridge & Sons. Andrew, how are you today? Good yourself. Thanks for having me on. Very well. They're, they're, they're fascinating items, aren't they? They are. But that's why we're still talking about Titanic 111 years later. You know, if you distill it to its basic essence, you've got a big ship, hits an iceberg with a tragic loss of life. But every man, woman and child on that ship, so you've got 2,200 plus stories to tell. So that in eight, basically you've got 2,200 chapters. And we're telling those stories through this memorabilia all these years later. It, it, it really, though, the stories come to life through the tiny little objects, isn't it? It's the things they carried, um, as the book said uh, before. One of them is the pocket watch. Tell me about it. It's an incredible thing. It really is. You know, you, you look at, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of it, but you can see on the face, the basically it's frozen in time. You can, you can see where the hands, would have, the hands are long gone but you can see where they stopped. And it's at 2.25. That's when Titanic sank. My God, that's giving you a chill, wouldn't it? Um, it does, it does. How was it recovered? Well, basically, the man who owned it was a guy called Sinor Cantor. And Sinor was travelling to Russia, sorry, travelling from Russia to America with his wife Miriam to start a new life. They were going to study medicine in New York. Sinor was lost in the disaster. Miriam survived. But his personal possess- his body was recovered and his personal possessions were sent back to Miriam. And one of those possessions was that watch. My God. So, you know, but basically what it symbolises, he went into the water at 2.25, the watch died. You know, obviously he was lost. The Titanic went into the water at the same time. Um, and, and what's remarkable about that watch, in essence, is the story, and I can give you a little exclusive on yes. this, the story going onwards. So... We know what happened on Saturday with the watch, but the legacy of the watch, it was actually bought by a gentleman and his grandparents were from the same part of Russia. And he remembers as a little boy going and seeing his grandma in the Bronx, sitting on her knee, and she would tell him stories about the old country. And he read about the publicity with the watch, saw that... The watch, what, Mr. Cancer was from the same part of the world as his grandparents and bought it. How absolutely amazing. My Great God. synergy, isn't it? It is. Oh, I, I, what, what's it? I, I haven't actually seen the photograph, but what kind of a watch is it? Is it one of those ones that's on a chain on the little kind of pocket that used to have in a, in a it's, it's, a, it's a simple pocket watch. The, um, the face on it, and again, this is another element that made it unique. Obviously, most watches, the Roman numerals. Yeah. But the numerals on this were in Hebrew. And because Mr. Cantor um, was Jewish and on the reverse of the watch, you've got this um, image in relief of Moses and the Ten Commandments. So, you know, it's a very powerful piece spiritually, um, as well as the Titanic element to it. My word, to tell stories of who knows why they were, they were, they were fleeing, if they were fleeing Russia or not, what stories there are to tell. Uh, and also just the simple fact that he may have taken that watch out and had a look at it and thought, you know, 
48 more hours to go. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen next, do you? Um, That's it. One of the other things is the menu, and it has an Irish connection. Tell me about that. Uh, well, it's a very big Irish connection because it's April the 11th, 1912. And everyone knows the Titanic. She obviously left Southampton April 10. She went to Cherbourg. Her next port of call was the lovely Queenstown, now Cobe. Yeah. And so she stopped there um, on or lunchtime, around lunchtime. All the mail was unloaded. More passengers were brought aboard. And then she sailed off for a date with destiny with an iceberg. Um, however, this menu, it being April the 11th, was for dinner. So the last or the, the first dinner after she left her last port of call. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it, but the fare that the first class passengers consumed, well, it was fairly impressive. It's supposed to be you know, spectacular. So, yeah, I think spectacular is a good word. You know, you've got oysters, you've got salmon, you've got white bait, you've got tornadoes of beef. You've got squab a la Godard, which my wife, who's a chef, pointed out to be the last pigeon. Um, you've got lamb, you've got chicken, you've got another cut of beef, you've got some sirloin. Um, and then you move duck. And then you've got Victoria pudding, um, apricots, bordeloo, uh, petit mocha. And then you finish that with a little bit of ice cream. My God. So they did not go hungry. No, they certainly weren't. Um, and I presume there was a wine list to go with that. How did this survive? Well, this, again, this is an interesting story behind it. You know, as a lot of people may know, we are the world's leaders in the sale of Titanic memorabilia. So I do a lot of work with uh, museums globally. And this particular item was discovered in Nova Scotia. And Nova Scotia does have a very strong part, or it forms a very strong part of the Titanic story. Because the body recovery ships, the McKay Bennett and the Minia, came out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And a local historian there, General Len Stevenson, he passed a few years ago. And his possessions were put into storage by his family. They couldn't face to go through things. And earlier in the year, they decided the time was, was right to start. So they're going through various books and albums and so forth. And there's one album of 1960s photographs and ephemera. And they open up said album and going through it and out pop this menu. So they then contacted a um, very large and important Canadian maritime museum who said to them, we can't authenticate it, but I know a man who can. So they contacted me. Um, they, we had a conversation. I saw some photographs of it, said to them I really needed to look at it to confirm yay or nay. They sent it over, 48-hour delivery. It arrived. I opened up the package and I was, OMG, this is real. Um, you don't find unknown Titanic menus. It's just one of those things. They're just so rare. Right. Um, then to find a unique Titanic menu that is previously unknown, it's unheard of. Um, until earlier this year when we discovered this. Right. So it, it would have been on somebody's body. What is, is that what we're saying? No, I think, you know, there are two potential outcomes here. A, it yeah. was on someone's person. They survived. Yeah. That doesn't really explain the fact that it's been in the water. You can clearly see it's been in the water yeah. because the OSNC, that's the Ocean Steamship Navigation Company, on the top of the menu, that's washed off. The ink's washed off. The RMS Titanic, the ink's washed off. You've just got the impression where it was when it was printed. So I think the supposition, what, for me personally, the fact that the bodies went back to Halifax, yeah. 
at Nova Scotia. This menu was discovered in Nova Scotia. Yeah. I think this was recovered on a body. Yeah. Okay, my God. Um, there is also another tragic story revolving around this silver dollar. Yeah, um, again, a very powerful object. 1889 silver dollar. On the face of it, it's, you know, it's an interesting item, but not particularly remarkable until you get down to that word provenance. Provenance, the history, um, we can trace this back to John Gill, second class passenger. He was from Bristol, which is just down the road from here. Yeah. And he was traveling to America to start a new life as a chauffeur. He was going with his wife, who incidentally, he married on Valentine's Day, 1912, and her dad. They were going dependent upon the sale of his business. His sale of his business didn't go through. It was delayed. So him, he and Sarah, the, the wife, yeah. they stayed home. John traveled on the Titanic. He was lost in the sinking. His possessions were returned back to um, his wife, as in the same case as Mr. Cantor's possessions. The silver dollar was amongst those items. But the story is a little bit, there's another layer to it. Okay. And within that, this was, I think it was May 19, May, June 1912, White Star Line sent her father, who was handling her affairs, a letter saying that if she would like, or they would like the return of Mr. Gill's body, they would like a check or postal order for £20. Holy moly. You, you just can't comprehend it nowadays. Yeah. They didn't have the um, in those days. Um, it's, it's, it's horrendous. But yeah. on again, the further stage from that is Mr. Gill's body was buried at sea. So even if they'd have sent their twenty pounds, how he wouldn't have been returned. How bizarre! Um, horrendous. Yeah, we hear similar stories from banks not accepting uh, some of their clients who have passed away at this day. So it, it was around for a long time. That kind of stuff. They're oh, such yeah. amazing stories. They really are, and they bring the story of the loss of the ship to life and just that you when you say a number like you know one and a half thousand people lose their lives when you go and you see all their individuals and the stuff they owned and the hopes and dreams they had God it just makes the story so incredible um, thank you very much for that uh, today Andrew they really are fascinating stories thank you so much indeed that's my pleasure nice to talk to you Moncrief weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.